What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge in your Week 11 college football mega preview. On this show, if you're brand new, this is where we break down all the big games, according to us. We also have best bets, early slate, and late slate, but we're really starting to get into the meat and potatoes of the college football season. Here's what the rankings look like thus far. It's Ohio State. It is Georgia, it is Michigan, it is Florida State. But obviously, that's fluid. Some of those teams will play each other. So we'll keep track of that as we go forward. Now, last week, oh, and can his head fit through the door? A perfect week here on the show for our man, EC. And then a few X's, a few check marks for Chip and for AB. So with all that being said, let's bring in the stars of the show. You know them. You love them. And boys, I don't even know what we're supposed to do because clearly we know who gets the 15 seconds. But I'll be very, very curious to see just how arrogant our man gets today, knowing how easily it can go away. EC, perfection. 15 seconds is yours. Thank you, coach. You know, you're going to think I'm going to talk about bragging and whatnot. Listen, I'm just thrilled that my Wildcats are number 21 in the latest CFP rankings. I just want to say this. I want to get a little sentimental here. College football, November. It's the best time of year. Enjoy the memories. Enjoy the rivalries. Enjoy the fun. And let's make some money while doing it. Last week was pretty good. Let's see what we can do this week. Who is? Hey, hey, blink blink three times if you're being held hostage, EC. I'm concerned about your well-being. This is so out of character. I don't even know who's talking right now. AB, your thoughts? Well, I was going to say, look, my man is so used to success. Look, he's not even concerned about putting himself over. He's putting everyone over that we enjoy the rest of the season. I commend it, sir. Well done. Thank you. Chip, are we the only two normal ones on the show today? What yeah, is, he, what is Listen, EC is trying to give us the act like you've been there before, and he is so far <laughs> from the act like you've been there before vibe. Come on. Hey, also, also, he got me. He gets it. That's exactly what I was doing. He got also, it. I want to say we're honoring Sia Najad today. All right. It oh, works. See that. The last time that we came out betting, I think it was what, Monday Night Football? Yes. Dude, we did it. I mean, we yeah. just smash picks. So, see ya. You found something. I, look, I, I'm ready to go. All right. So, we're we're channeling our inner Sia. Chip had the line of the day where he said he's channeling as I've been there before without any I've been, <laughs> been there before vibes. <laughs> oh, my After God. It's going to make me laugh all day. All right. Let's jump right in. We got marquee games according to us. We tackle or tackle the top five right here at the top of the show. So, game number one. And who knows? What's going to happen to the Michigan Wolverines moving forward? Who knows if they're going to be a part of the college football playoffs or not. But they need to focus on this week if they want any shot because they're going to state college. Penn State plus 170 as the dog. Michigan laying five on the road. The total 45 and a half. Now, we've got best bets on this game. So, Chip, I'm coming to you first because you're taking an angle here that feeds into the Michigan defense. Talk to me. Yeah, 100%. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, Michigan's defense has not faced a first and goal all season. Nine games. And not one team has taken one snap inside the 10-yard line. And you're going to go up against a Penn State offense that is dink, dunk, dink, dunk, dink, dunk, dink, dunk. So if you are going to score against this Michigan offense, I mean, against this Michigan defense, which some offenses have, it's got to be 
a brain fart. It's got to be miscommunication. It's got to be an explosive play because when you get down inside the 30, when you get down inside the 20, you do not end up in the red zone. I think Penn State's offensive line on the interior. Yeah, I know your tackles are good, Nittany Lions. I hear you. I just think they're going to get eaten alive by Chris Jenkins, by Grant. They're just going to be feasting. And Drew Aller, who when we last saw him, I guess a really good defense, a.k.a. Ohio State's defense, the Silver Bullets, it looks like the game was moving way too fast for the young quarterback. I think that Penn State's approach to offense this season, which has been very methodical and plotting, does not set up well at all against Michigan. Now, in terms of the game, I lean Michigan to cover. I do think Michigan will win, but I don't want to be sweating any of that when I acknowledge this Penn State defense is nasty. And J.J. McCarthy has not had to face an environment or a defense like this all season long. So is there a potential that Michigan's offense doesn't click at the regular production? Yes. So we're going to throw that to the side. The best bet is only on what we're confident in, which is Michigan's defense against Penn State's offense. Griffin said, Chip Patterson is that high school math teacher who makes it fun. That's exactly how I describe him, too. Now, we're going to go yeah, on. I never, found, I never found any of those. You didn't? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not math. Maybe uh, history. There's always good history teachers. Now, history will tell us that not only does Michigan have a good defense, but they have a really good offense. A.B., I'm coming to you because as I look at my notes, you're feeding into the other side. 90s country recording artist Patty Loveless said it best. <laughs> you can feel bad if it makes you feel better. At Penn State, I've got bad news for you because Michigan team total over 24 and a half. The books are giving us a gift. Yes, Penn State's defense is legit. I am not saying Anything negative about Penn State, James Franklin, any of that team, I respect it. But I want you to understand something. Jim Harbaugh is built differently. He has two passions, two things in his life that he cares about, his family and football, specifically the Michigan Wolverines. That's it. And his family are all coaches. And you've seen what Michigan's been doing every single week. There's a new report out. They're in trouble. Harbaugh's getting sent to the gulag, whatever. And I tell you what, Jim Harbaugh has used that every single week as motivation, and they have just hammered people all over again. And we talk about, you know, Jim Harbaugh and the family that he comes from. Like, we hear about the Gronk family, right? The play, uh, roughhousing, whatever. Jim Harbaugh comes from a family of fighting. That's it. The coaches and fighting. This man is about all of this coming at him, he likes the fight. He likes standing up to it. His team does too. They've responded to it. So, Penn State, I love you. Not happening. Michigan <laughs> is coming to put up points this week. Two different ways to attack this game. Now, EC, let me come over to you because if we get a lot of Michigan points, we have seen that just because their defense is elite, they've hit a couple of overs this year. What are you leaning into? Well, not just a couple of overs, Coach. They've hit five straight overs. So I'm going to lean to the over 45 and a half in this game. But I just didn't feel confident enough in it, as Chip explained on the Penn State side. Though I agree with AB's point of view. I think he's going to hit that one. Uh, that I just didn't have a strong feeling about it. Michigan, five straight overs. Penn State over in four of the last five. Only one that went under was Ohio State. Michigan has not scored less than 30 in a game this year. Penn State has not scored less than 31 in a home game this year. 
one of these two sides is going to break out at least. Give me Michigan 27, Penn State 20. So what you're saying is in the first five minutes of the show, you once again slapped Chip right in the By half a point. By half a point. Do you think somebody says, oh, that wasn't as hard of a slap as it was last week? No, yeah, it's exactly. still a slap in the face. Still a slap in the face. Chip. 27-19. There you go, Chip. I apologize. I apologize, Chip. I want you I, here. I want you here. That hurts. That hurts. I feel welcomed and loved. Thank you, Coach. You're welcome, Chip. Now, game number two. And the away team in this, I can't figure this, this team out. They get blown out one week, then they come back and blow out a team the next. So they're going to a very difficult place to play, and that is Washington. They are currently fifth, one spot out of the top forwards where you need to be until next year. I think it starts next year. So Washington, favored by nine and a half over Utah, who is a different team away from home. We know that. Total 53 and a half. So let's start with the side. Chip, I'm coming to you first because Washington and EC just very nicely laid out where we're at in the college football season. We should all enjoy it. Stop it. Washington needs to lay the wood to get into the top four. Where are we going? Oh, we're going with those Huskies, and we're going to lay it. Because, <laughs> number one, key number, nine and a half. Number two, Utah, as you mentioned, a touchdown worse away from home offensively. Number three, don't don't all of a sudden like get distracted by all these shiny objects. Because that 50-burger that they put on the scoreboard against Arizona State is incredibly misleading for two reasons. Number one, Utah needed it. Second straight home game, Oregon embarrassed them the week before in front of their friends and family. Whoever was walking in next was going to get the hands from Utah from start to finish. And number two, and this is why you have to watch the games and pay attention, a late hit in the end zone by Arizona State set off Kyle Whittingham. And at that moment, he said, all right, we're going to run it up. Mm. The decision to put up 55 was intentional. Utah could have won that game 31-3. to Utah could have won that game 42-3. to But they wanted to put a 50-burger just because they were ticked off about a late hit. So overinflating what we think about Utah, realizing the way they are on the road, do the Utes have the horses to hang with the Huskies? The answer is hell no. We take Washington. We lay the nine and a half. Hashtag it pays to watch live, ladies and gentlemen. You can't just look at the score. I didn't even know that story until right now because I didn't watch the game live. So there you go. Now, let me come to you, AB, because you're also leaning this way. Back chip up. The problem with Utah is that when the points and the score gets high enough, it takes them out of the game. And that's really mm -hmm. what I'm concerned about. Like, I have no issues with this Utah team. They are phenomenal. They're kind of like Air Force. When they get on you, it is impossible to come back. But they are not a team built for a shootout or to come back on another. So I'll keep my analysis Simple, easy, short, just at that. I worry about the scoreboard here. And if Utah's playing from behind, Washington can do it all day. I don't think Utah can. Well, it's interesting, A.B., that you would say that. Because as we come to E.C., he does not think that Utah will struggle scoring against Washington coming off a week where they allowed 42 to a USC team that got their defensive coordinator kicked out of. So, E.C., what's your lean in this game? 
Yeah, Coach, I don't have a strong feeling about this play, but I'm going to go with the Utah team total over 22 and a half. It's because the Washington defense, let's be honest, they haven't really been great lately. They've given up 24 or more points five of their last six games and 33 or more in three of their last four. Utah has scored 34 or more points in three of their last four games. Ned Chip gave a pretty good explanation as to what happened last week. And let me tell you one thing, I absolutely loved every second of it. I wish they had won 89 to three instead of 55 to three. Kyle, keep running it up. Stop. Don't stop at 55. You bury ASU when you can. Nonetheless, this feels like a game where Utah just isn't going to shut down Washington. So they have to keep pace. We'll see if they can improve from the, the debacle from the other week against Oregon. Give me Washington 31, Utah 24. I always love how you can separate your fandom from your takes on a official network college football show. It's uncanny how you're able to do that. All right, uh, AB, can you bring up Crystal Kaloran, uh, her line from the chat, please? Because I won't do it justice. Uh, Chip, do you mind reading her little thing from the chat, please? Crystal, your family looks lovely, and you're 100% right because you say Utah's got no guts. It can might be gut check Saturday. I need to apply the full gut check analysis. But, man, I'm looking at a lot of places in the country where it's gut check Saturday. God, I love that so much. Thank I, you. I saw some – you know, I saw – I was going back thinking about that uh, that Penn State-Maryland game, 51-15. Like, how how much of that was Penn State and how much of that was Maryland? I saw some jogging. <sighs> gut check. Hey, you want to finish this season strong or not? Teams across the country are having gut check Saturday. How badly do you want it here at the end of the season? Crystal, thank you for watching the show and understand what we're all about. Thank you. And Chip, thank you. Now, where are we going to place all these bets? Well, I got to tell you, and this is a true story, BetMGM is blown away by all of you. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get $200 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $10, and you will receive $200 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome, with bonus code EDGE200. That is bonus code EDGE200. I told you this on the morning show. We are actively meeting with them, are we not, A.B.? And we're really working on doing things for active users now that so many of you have signed up. So thank you for that, but we're just getting started. Now, game number three, excuse me, we will get to momentarily, but not before I pay those pesky little bills. Here's a word from one of our incredible partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Programming update tomorrow, Thursday, same time, 3 p.m. Eastern. I will be wiping the floor once again with Will Brinson and the Pick 6 crew. So I encourage you to tune into HQ to watch that once again. Three straight incredible weeks by me. Now, game number three. AB, clearly, we're going to start with you because this is your squad. 
This is your squad. You would never pick against your squad. Tennessee laying the one. Missouri, a very, I mean, even money basically is what we're talking about here. 58 and a half and a Missouri team that really showed themselves well a week ago against Georgia. So, A.B., where are you leaning in this one? Missouri at home on primetime during the day primetime is going to be tough for Tennessee. We're going to lean Missouri plus one. And the reason being is this. Tennessee's defense has an excellent front four. They can get after your quarterback. They can create chaos and really sacks. However, if you could beat that, you can have your way with Tennessee secondary. It frustrates me every single weekend. It's tough to watch. They give up a ton of yards. They'll give up points too. I'm going to take Missouri here. And remember this, Tennessee, this is a tough game. They play Georgia next week. They have their eyes on that one as well. I think that Missouri can just do too many things. I don't think it's a blowout. Be a tight game. Be a really fun game. But I'm going to roll Missouri plus one. Now, when you have basically a pick'em game, you're going to have differences of opinions. And that's why I tell you all the time, take the information for yourself. Chip, you're leaning the other way, correct? Yeah, no official play here. And the big reason is the status of Luther Burden, the superstar wide receiver for Missouri. Uh, even though he came back in the game after getting knocked out last week against Georgia, he was not particularly effective, officially questionable on the injury report. And if he cannot go, then it's Tennessee all day. But the fact that he struggled a little bit, uh, my lean is to the Vols minus one, but I would not play this game with your hard-earned money until we understand the status of Missouri's most important offensive player, the wide receiver, Luther Burden. Do you think it will affect the total at all, Chip? I mean, yeah, he's like the, he is the easy button for Brady Cook in that offense. Brady Cook without Luther Burden goes from being a Jag plus to a Jag. Like he is just a guy, replacement level SEC quarterback who can go out there and execute everything with Luther Burden in the offense and having him in that slot position. That is a Jag plus. That is a plus value guy who can go out there. And because Eli Drinkwitz, the Missouri coach, is awesome at scheming up those explosive plays. Theo Weiss, the other wide receivers, good. But again, all of it works around Burden in the slot. And so. It's just the he is the key that unlocks everything that Missouri's offense does well. If you're worried about Tennessee's pass defense, which clearly uh, AB is, rightly so, um, you want to know whether Burns going to be playing. Very interesting. All that information, EC, and we're coming to you, big boy. And I'm looking at a best bet in this game, and I bet right about now you're like, should I stay on said bet? You're up. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Chip's analysis is spot on, and, and yeah, it gives me a little bit of uh, hesitation with playing the over 58 and a half in this game. I'm still rolling with it as my first best bet of the week. The over's hitting four of the last five Tennessee games and five of the last seven Missouri games. But here's what drew me to the over. Tennessee, in two years under Josh Heupel, scored 66 and 62 on Missouri. That would cover this over line by itself. Their offense is still pretty good. We're, you know, Joe Milton is not Hendon Hooker but he's still pretty darn good. What's crazy about Heupel is in 70 career games as a head coach between Tennessee and UCF, his teams have scored at least 30 points 60 times. That is mind-blowing. Tennessee averaging 34.8, Missouri averaging 32.4. That's more than 67 points. It's enough for me to go over. Tennessee 38, Missouri 33. A lot of numbers there. A lot of numbers. Hopefully they all add up to 50. 
59. All right, big game number four. And right now, Georgia is trying to do things that are historic. They're looking for three straight years of dominance. So they welcome Lane Kiffin and his new $10 million salary. He's happy. Georgia's favored by 10 and a half. The total is 58 and a half. We have two best bets in this game. So Chip, I'm going to start with you. And Georgia has a tendency to really when they want to, when they're really focused, to get off to a fast start. What do you like? Yeah, I love, love getting Georgia in the first half under a touchdown. Georgia minus six and a half. I'd like it at seven, two, depending on when you get a chance to check in with this here college football special on the early edge. So all about what's going on. All right. So as AB mentioned, the very next game for Georgia is at Tennessee. This game is at night, at home. And the last thing that Kirby wants to be doing is staying up till 11 o'clock. I mean, come on. We got to get our rest. We got to get on advance. We got to start working on how we're going to beat Tennessee. So what Georgia wants to do is come out and punch Ole Miss in the mouth and try to put them away early. In the second half, they might go boa constrictor on this thing. Because I'll tell you what, honestly, I looked at the over. And then as I dug a little deeper, I realized you don't want to be sitting on the over when Georgia goes into night-night mode. Because then you're not going to have any more scoring. They're going to hold the ball. They're going to keep it away from Jackson Dart. I mean, you might not even want Georgia for the full game for that very reason. So let's go for the part of the game where Georgia is going to be at its most aggressive. That's going to be in the first 30 minutes. Love the number here, Georgia minus minus six and a half in the first half. To your point, I mean, exactly to your point. Last week, I was on the over. 30 to 21 was the final, and they did exactly what Chip said. And it was a most pain, not the most painful, but it was a painful ticket not to cash. Because you like, see, there's no urgency. Like, you're yeah. sitting there holding, like, I'm telling you, the X's and O's, you throw these two teams in a vacuum, you have them play for 60 minutes, the model will spit out the idea that this is going to be an over. But when you just see a football team slow down and not have any urgency, you say, man, they just want to get this thing to the final and move on to next week. And I think that it's late game, at home, trip to Neyland on deck, soon as this game is decided, they want to, uh, as the video game dudes say, sim to end. <laughs> Which brings me to you, EC, because all this discussion, that's kind of your lean for this game, yes? Yeah, I'm going to roll with the undercoach, uh, under 58 and a half, uh, last lean of the show. I know you usually don't like me to do three leans. Uh, this one, I just didn't have a, a true gut feel, but each of Georgia's last six home games against AP top 10 teams have gone under. Georgia's only given up a little over 15 points a game, which is first in the SEC. Now, eight of the last 12 Ole Miss games have gone under, including all three road games this season. By the way, the under is hidden five straight road games for Ole Miss against AP-ranked opponents. Their defense actually is also not that bad. They've only given up 24, uh, more than 24 only twice to LSU, who goes over every game. We'll talk about that later. And last week against Texas A&M, where they somehow gave up 35. Give me Georgia 30, Ole Miss 20. I love for some reason how EC minds work, his mind works, because it always seems like you're opposite, either A, B, or Chip. And you just said that little nugget that they've only allowed over 24 how many times? Twice. Twice. All right. So, A, B, only twice have they allowed over 24. So, explain to me your best bet in this game. That's a cute stat for Kirby oh, Smart. Oh, it's cute. <laughs> 
Let me just tell you this. Ole Miss, team total over 21 and a half. And I'm going to say something that will blow your mind. 15 years ago, Lane Kiffin was coaching in the NFL for the Raiders. 14 years ago, he was the head coach of Tennessee. He's played Georgia back when Kirby Smart was pushing buggies at Kroger. <laughs> uh, this guy, it, it seems weird, but Lane Kiffin has way more coaching experience than almost anyone in the SEC except Nick Saban. And look, Kirby Smart and all these coaches come from this Nick Saban, the click. It's like Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash and all these guys. But Lane Kiffin is the foil against these guys. If Georgia gave up that many points, 21 and a half to Ole Miss, they're one of the best scoring teams in the conference. And look at their against the spread record. They cover over and over and over. So if Georgia thinks that they're just going to shut this thing down and go night-night, son, Lane Kiffin was born at night. This man ran out on a Tennessee at night. He is not afraid to play at midnight. However you want to get down, Ole Miss is scoring against Georgia. Take them. Team total over 21 and a half. 7 p.m. Eastern time is kick, and it will be completely under the lights. We just had fallback. It's a straight night game. I like it. EC, any any thoughts on, on the well, 21 and a half? Well, no, I was saying that that uh, Ole Miss has only given up 24 or more twice this year. That had nothing. So I'm I'm I listening to no, no, Ole Miss has given up 24 or more twice all year. Oh. Maybe I should. So that that better. yeah, it was not a contradictory point. I'm on the under. AB's on Ole Miss's team total over. We can both still hit. We'll yeah, and that. one of those two times was just last week to a Texas A&M yeah. team with a broken ribbed quarterback. It's best wide receiver knocked out. And okay, that's a fluke. That's a fluke, Chip. Okay. Nah. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if Ole Miss gets to 22. Let's just break this down real quick. Then Georgia is going to win the game. So if they get to 32. They cover it. Well, 55. It, all right. It's going to be tight, but yes, all three of these could hit. You're right. Yeah. You're, correct. Yeah. You're correct. Which is also, by the way, I'm, I'm only in the first half, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, y'all can have whatever score you want. I, I, need, I, I need the home team up by a touchdown at halftime. We're good. <laughs> uh, I have a love hate relationship with first half bets. I really, really do. I, find, right. I find them huge in the motivations of coaches. That's like no, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I I'm completely agreeing with you. I just I don't pick them well. I mm-hmm. I just I always pick the wrong damn thing, wrong damn game. I'm riding Georgia all the if, way. If there's anyone you can, you can trust, it's Lane Kiffin. Everybody knows that one. <laughs> Joey Freshwater, let's go. I yeah. cannot believe it's been 15 years since. I mean, it, but let me say real quick. Yeah, like it is unreal when you look at Lane Kiffin's history. He has coached so much more football than people think. He has the like the background of a 65-year-old coach, right? Like he has that mm-hmm. much experience. It's crazy when you think about it. Like how much like he started in the NFL when he was what 20 something? Like it's yes. not the experience that he has. Yeah. Yeah. He was not ready for the Raiders job. No. <laughs> but then again, no other coach has been either. All right. Game number five, ladies and gentlemen, and USC. Boy, they have folded ever since their uh, award-winning quarterback says everybody wants to walk in these 12 and a halves. Oh, really? Well, you just keep losing game after game after game now, and now you're going against a team that is not only motivated, they want to be a part of the college football playoffs. They will not, will not 
take their foot off the gas pedal for 60 minutes. That's why this number is where it is. Can you believe if I would have told you guys five weeks ago, Oregon would be favored by 16 and a half over UFC, you'd have told me I was crazy. Crazy like a fox. So as I look at my notes, we have one best bet. And if this one comes in, oh, how much fun will it be? EC, start us off. Yeah, Coach, we're going to roll with the over 73 and a half in this game. And I'll tell you why. This one's pretty simple to me. The over is 9-1 and one in USC games. And by the way, the only under is when I had the over. And it was 49-3 to three at halftime against Stanford. I would have thought that was the easiest win of the year. This is the only under that they've had in the last 18 games, Coach. How can mm. you pick an under in a USC game? You, you, at this point, you just can't. They have given up 41 or more points in five of their last six. And the only one that they didn't, Utah of all teams, scored 34. We know how good Oregon is in, in offense this year. They're, they're second in total offense, nearly 540 yards a game, and they're averaging more than 47 points a game, first in the country. You know who's number two? USC, averaging 45 and a half points per game. This one's going to be a shootout, but I think the Ducks prevail 48-35. Last week against Washington, 35-28 at halftime. Yep. A.B., you also agree with this play, lean. I lean to the over, and really for what EC just said, th there's no way you could trust USC's defense. I watched it last week. It, they, they, It's trash. It's horrible. They will give up points to anyone, everyone, at any moment. So I don't trust that. I've seen Oregon's defense. It's not much better at times in the secondary. They'll give up yards, right. chunk plays as well. Also, the key here is that both of these coaches insanely go for two a lot. Actually, they're the two highest coaches in college football at going for two when they score. They'll do it when it doesn't make sense. And if they don't get the first one, especially with Lincoln Riley, he'll chase it all game long. He really will do it. Dan Lanning at Oregon will do the same thing. So if they start scoring and hitting twos, love this play. <laughs> now, Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, uh, <laughs> Lincoln Riley in an interview. Hey, he coached USC too. So yeah, there you go. He did 17 years ago. So he said in an interview when asked about why he fired his defensive coordinator, he said, we still have a lot to play for this season. Interesting response from the head coach. Where are you leaning in this big game? I think this is a big number. This is a big number because what happens in shootouts? The game gets loose and it's difficult to really put away the team that's chasing. And if you do have Caleb Williams and you're chasing and it's really, really late at night, I mean, how do the do those games finish with cozy 21 point no, spreads? No, no, no. no, no. no. It might be like Washington USC a 10 point result, but guess what? That's the Trojans cover. Um, I do wonder if firing Alex Grinch leads to a change in overall game plan that might give 30 minute one half advantage in terms of being able to put in adjustments. Um, maybe they simplify everything and that gives everyone on this USC's defense a little bit of a better opportunity. See ball, get ball. Who knows? Maybe it changes the mentality. Maybe they actually tackle and wrap them up. But this is just a lean. This is not an official play. The official handicap has to do with the way that shootouts go. 16 and a half is a big number to cover in a shootout. But I will, in a moment of honesty, among friends and family here, it's a work hedge. <laughs> All right. It's it, it, if I'm wrong, 
then guess what? We're not up till 3 a.m. Correct. And if I'm right. Correct. Work, work day goes till 3 a.m. Isn't so. it amazing how we look at certain <laughs> things like that in that way? Not uh, an official play, but yeah, USC. Anybody could take this one because the chat's talking about it. My man loaded dice threw it out there. The Oregon team total, who they're calling a lock, is 44 and a half. It's a good would number. anybody want to take that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would. I would. I'll say this. I would, but I think the better play is taking the over in the second half of this game because Ooh. in the last two minutes, there will be 21 points scored. I, I swear to God. Like, these two defenses. What is the blowout, it, Oh, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, they will score back and forth, back and forth constantly. And you can have a tight game and see that. I played the USC under last week at almost 80, and it – the overhit almost at halftime. I, Let I me say this: I, I I don't have a model. I don't I don't run my simulations ten thousand times like the sports line model. But in my head, I've tried to go over every scenario in this game, and none of them points to an under in any scenario. First no. half, second half, team totals. You name. I, if it is, I'm wrong. I just my models, whatever those are, don't see it. The only way. Let me say this: the only way that you stop. USC, right? Their their drives either end in touchdowns or interceptions. So either they're going to score or they're going to leave a short field for Oregon. But literally, I'm telling you, they don't punt. They do not yeah. punt the football. So I, I agree with EC that take whatever over that you want to. I like the second half, but do it. These teams, they're weird. A lot of different ways to play this game on Saturday. And the nice thing is it's at 745 Eastern on what network is that again, Chip? At seven four. Wait, which game? The ten USC Oregon game. It's on ABC or Fox. Oh, I have it here on CBS. So no. I, <laughs> we got the wrong network on this one. All right, probably should have double checked that one. Okay, glad I asked Chip. All right, you know what? Mr. Pac-12 would have Sorry, a bit of a TV luck, ABC. What's, what's yeah. that easy? Do you think the Pac-12 would actually have that good of a TV contract? I'm surprised it's not on Pac-12 Network that you can't get on YouTube TV, but you can get on your refrigerator in China. We have it out here. I watch all the Pac-12 games. I've got eight Pac-12 networks in North Carolina. I have zero. I have to go to a sports bar to watch Arizona and Colorado because of this stupid conference and stupid TV contract. Are you done? No, but yes. Now, we'll get to our board because we have a full board for you. Those are the top five games. But before we do that, we got to pay those pesky little bills. Here's another word from one of our incredible partners. Did she just say Galazzo Network or did she say Galazzo? See, that's how it should be done right there. All right. Now, early slate on Saturday. EC, I'm coming to you because when I'm looking at three of these teams, Kansas State, they've got some explaining to do. They get down big time last week just to come run all the way back. And didn't they screw you over, A.B., last week at Kansas State? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, backdoor cover on Texas when it was 21 to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got a team in the top four here that really wants to make a statement, and you've got a third. I'm here for it. Start us off. All right, let's roll, Coach. Let's roll with Kansas State minus 20 and a half against Baylor. I absolutely love this play. They are just so good at home. They're 4-0 against the spread at home this year, and they've won their last six against the spread at home. They've won their last two home games by the combined score of 82-3. to 
think that's pretty good. They've also scored 40 or more in every home game this season. Baylor in their last 11 games, 2-8-1 and one against the spread. Dave Aranda, you might want to be careful of that hot seat. Kansas State 41, Baylor 13. Here's kind of a weird one, but we got to go off the grid for this one. Coastal Carolina plus one and a half against Texas State. How the heck did I find this one? Well, the Chanticleers have won four in a row, and oh, by the way, they're seven and two against the spread this season. They would be favored if the odds makers knew if quarterback Grayson McCall would return from his concussion that he suffered several weeks back. We don't know that yet. But here's the stat that kind of sold me. Coastal Carolina is 17 and three in their last 20 straight up at home. Texas State is four and 16 straight up in their last 20 on the road. Do you really think it's going to be any different this week, especially against a hot team that's won four in a row and covered in each game? Coastal Carolina 28, Texas State 23. And then coach mentioned it, the Florida State team total over 31 and a half at minus 120 against the Miami Hurricanes. Now, they have scored 38 or more in seven straight home games dating back to last season. They're averaging 46 points a game in their four home games this season. Uh, These two teams are combining for 72 points a game as far as uh, points scored. So this one has the makings of a shootout despite Miami's dud which cost me my ace parlay last week. So I'm going to say Florida State 38, Miami 21, over that team total of 31 and a half. I'm so glad you think Florida State will score a lot because, A.B., as we come to you, you also think Florida State's going to score, but maybe get revved up for the second half. Talk to me. Florida State played like ding-dongs last week, but (laughs) I feel great on the bounce back here against Miami. We're going to play this here. Florida State, the second half team total over 15 and a half. And I will tell you why. I don't hate EC's play at all. I completely agree with him. But we're going to take this a step further because either Miami makes this a weird game, rivals, etc. I don't think that they do. But just in case, that means that we're going to have Florida State pushing it over and over in the second half, and possibly overtime. That counts for us as well. On the other side, we could have Florida State just foot on the gas the entire game and getting it in the second half, two touchdowns and a field goal. I love this one because after last week with Florida State, especially in the first half, looking poor, could not score, could not get it in the end zone, this is going to be a 60-minute offensive game for Florida State because there's no more messing around. You are going to likely be a college football playoff team. You need to be ready, and you need to score almost every time and get yourself prepared. So that's why I like them in the second half. All right. Oh, sorry. And look, how about that? I have one more. (laughs) I got so into Florida State mode. Kentucky, team total over 16 and a half. And you're thinking, Kentucky against Alabama absolutely Alabama is another team that has things on their mind Auburn is down the road here pretty close in terms of that on the schedule and Kentucky ever since the Tennessee loss two weeks ago last week we bet them no sweat at all Kentucky did their thing they're a good football team they're gonna have opportunities here to score to have the ball and Alabama's offense it gets better as the game goes so does their defense so, Kentucky is going to steal points in 16 and a half. Oh, we need two touchdowns and a field goal. I think they get three touchdowns in this game. They'll lose, but I think they get three touchdowns in this game. So, give me Kentucky. There's no question. Their, their offense has been what's really started to step up. But their defense, still, I mean, they LSU scored at will 
last week. So I love this play. Love this play. All right, Chip, let me come to you because I got three big plays from you as well. You're also in this Kentucky game, but you think it might be more of a kind of like this type of game for you? Yes? Yeah, lots of different ways to be able to look at this. You know, like maybe maybe Alabama's a little bit hungover. You know, maybe you got to drink the Gatorade. You know, maybe you're just not quite 100% after that big win against LSU. So, okay, so how are we going to handicap that? Um, okay, what is Alabama? You know, their, their passing attack might not be in sync. Well, uh, uh-oh, Kentucky's defense is weaker on the back end against the pass. All right, so Alabama's just going to have to run the ball. Oh, no, Kentucky's defense is really good against the run. But Alabama's defense is elite. So in what could be a sleepy noon start in Lexington with a little bit of a letdown factor for Alabama, and A.B.'s right, they only need to win by one point, give me the under at 48. Lots of different ways to cash. Where number one thing I am the most confident in is that Alabama defense. And also, (laughs) let's go to the Pac-12. Because you'll remember a few weeks back, I had a pick that I kept in the holster. I let it go on Big Big Energy Friday because I was in support of Arizona and I didn't want EC to see that. So as I tell you, we're taking Colorado and we're getting him with the 20 and a half points asking, do you believe? Because look, Arizona has been a monster against the spread. They are eight and one against the spread. They are covering the spread by 11.3 points per game. But as EC admitted himself before the show, that's mostly work as an underdog. So are we going to trust them as 10 and a half point favorites on the road against the Colorado team that against UCLA lost, but cashed and against Oregon state lost, but cashed. Shadur Sanders has been picking his body up off the turf as he's been getting crushed and crushed and crushed. And you know what he does? He leads touchdown drives or backdoor covers. So we're going to go Colorado. Final, by the way, also final home game of the Coach Prime era. I I would not be surprised to see a little pour it out from the buffs. So give me Colorado plus the 10 and a half. uh, And finally, from the early slate, we turn our attention to a very interesting development in the ACC. Uh, MJ Morris took over as the Wolfpack starting quarterback. He went three and one. He beat Clemson. He beat Miami. And then he said, I'm done. He said, I'm done for the year. I'm going to only play four games. I'm going to maintain my eligibility so I can take this year as a red shirt, which means we go back to the first quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, who couldn't get the offense going at all. And so we look at NC State against power conference competition. They have scored 24 points, 24 points, 10 points, 3 points, 24 points, and 20 points. We'll go team total under 22 and a half as your best quarterback has just decided he wants to keep his jersey clean. I always wondered if that rule that they just put in, what, a year ago, two years ago, would ever really rear its ugly head, and now it is. You can play up to four games, sit out, and still have a whole nother year of eligibility. It's crazy. Wow. Finding that nugget is unbelievable. Chip, thank you very much. Now, EC, let me come back over to you because there's a nighttime game. And last week, what it was so incredibly entertaining to watch LSU and Alabama. Well, LSU has no time to lick their wounds because a much improved Florida team is coming to town. Both can score. What do you like? Well, coach, you know, sometimes it takes me a while to get smart. Uh, it took me, what, 10 <laughs> weeks to really get smart and figure things out on this program uh, last week. 
Let's stick with what worked last week. Let's go with the LSU over 63 and a half against Florida. So they're 9-0 and to the over this year. They're, they've had 13 straight overs, and their game's similar to USC over in 15 of the last 16. This is the longest current over streak in, in FBS football since at least 2000. I know, by the way, the over's hitting five straight games for the Gators because they've given up 41, 43, and 39 in their last three. There have been 70 or more points in each of the last four meetings. The over has hit in five just in, in five straight meetings between these two teams. You know what's going to happen. It's going to be high scoring, and this total is at least a touchdown too low. In fact, I have it as 17 points too low. Give me LSU 45, Florida 35. You think it should be 79 or 80? I think it should be in the 70s. Yeah, I mean, Coach, they've been over 13 straight games, and these numbers, who would have thought Alabama would be dropping 40 after they scored 10 against South Florida earlier in the year? I agree. Don't get hot. I'm just asking a question. That's just my job. We, I love it. I Like USC and LSU, we play overs until they beat us. <laughs> Keep going back to the well. Keep cashing those tickets. All right. So here is what it looks like as far as our best bets are concerned. Uh, Grab your paper, grab your pencil. Coach, hold on. I have two more. Late slate. How disrespectful of me. A.B., my apologies. I get so wrapped up. What do you got for the late slate, A.B.? Coach, you are absolutely fine on that, and I'm actually glad that we just did this because everything that E.C. just said, I respectfully, completely disagree with all of it. I've seen Florida and LSU play my entire life. I've seen this, especially LSU at night. There's going to be under eight touchdowns scored in this game. Billy Napier and Florida understand that what you do against LSU is you run the football and you keep their offense off the field. They do not want to get into a shootout. And both of these teams absolutely hate each other. I want to say that again. They absolutely hate each other. You're going to see two defenses. LSU hasn't played defense all year. They will in this game. Florida hasn't played defense all year. They will in this game. I assure you, take under eight touchdowns. Now, EC, I'm just playing with you, buddy. That was a great breakdown, but take under eight touchdowns. There's not going to be eight TDs in this game. And then finally, Michigan State. You're right. You're thinking, Michigan State, this team has lost everything since they lost their head coach. Over half a touchdown. I don't think Ohio State is going to care at all about this game once the second quarter starts because they're just going to be beating the hell out of Michigan State, which is exactly why we are going to slide in and steal a win from the books this week. Michigan State will score some stupid touchdown that Ohio State doesn't care about when they've got uh, their high school prep team playing in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Michigan State will get a fumble or something and run it in. So Ohio State does what they want, but Michigan State, they'll get one touchdown. Oh, so many different ways at Bet MGM to play these different games. You got to do the work. You got to dive in now. See how we all did that. Everybody thinks it's a stick when really we know everything that's going on. All right, here is what it looks like according to our – these are the best bets, not the leans. These are the best bets. Take a screenshot. Understand these games aren't tell this weekend. I'm not going to go through all of them for you. For listening on the audio, you should watch us on video. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm just teasing, but not really. All right, now – 
at the end of every single college football mega preview, we have a EC parlay. And up until recently, I was not involved. But apparently, this week, I get to be involved as well. Is that correct, EC? Yeah, we're giving you another shot, Coach. This one's not as juicy as usual. It's a plus 330 for this week's Jace parlay. All money lines. Go Kansas money line. Their only two losses are to top 15 teams, Texas and Oklahoma State. At 7-2, and two, they're pretty legit. Let's take them over Texas Tech. Tennessee money line, I made the pick earlier in the show. I know AB disagrees, but especially with Chip's logic about Missouri's top receiver, might injured, may, might not play, not be 100%. Love that pick. Chip, I know your North Carolina guy is not very good at covering double-digit spreads, but Duke is a mess right now, so we'll go North Carolina money line. And despite what Chip said, I actually agree with him, and I hate to admit it. Uh, I think that Arizona will win, but not cover. I have the game at 30-24 to 24 Arizona, so I would agree with Chip's pick, though I would never bet it. Arizona money line. So Kansas money line, Tennessee money line, North Carolina money line, and Arizona money line at plus 330, Coach. Welcome back to the club. Let's see if we can hit the Jays parlay with you involved this week. I'm telling you right now, that Tennessee game is going to be the reason that that parlay does not hit. Put a pin right here on the show, A.B. Remember, 48 minutes. I said it. The reason that won't hit is because of the Tennessee play. You had 100 teams to choose from, and you choose the one going to Columbia, Missouri, against mm -hmm. a team that played really well against the number two team in the country. Last Let down. And you know where you can watch it? Where can you watch it? <laughs> Let's go. Oh, man. Do not text me at whatever time and say, I told you. Missouri wins this game. I'm just telling you, Missouri is going to win this game. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the damage that we can do. Remember, if you're watching this on demand, we would love for you to join us live. We're here every single Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Also, we're here every single weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So with all that being said, there's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these tickets straight to the pay window. My attack route, Lumbo, EC, AB, my man Chip, and the snake's always lurking. I am simply the coach. Try to keep this train on said track. We grind for you so we can win with you. It's truly what we're all about every single day. Right here on the early edge. Good luck.